Hey everyone and welcome to Almost Cancelled, I am Peter, that is Connor and we are going to talk about The Boys Season 1 Episode 7, it's called The Self-Preservation Society. So, full spoilers for the episode as always. So as they, you know, we're waiting for, for Annie and Huey to, you know, discover each other and of course they hit us the hardest by having them actually have sex at the start, you know. Yeah. Uh, and she even asks if there's something going on, it's weird we went to a hotel. Um, and he's like, nope, no, we're all good. That that was his chance. He should have he should have fessed up to a lot of it there. Oh, obviously. Uh, you know, you you want him to. You're rooting for him to make the right choice here, and he doesn't quite do it. And it leads to one of the most intimidating Homelander scenes of the season, which is saying something for a start. Yeah. Um. We we have Annie and the rest of the seven. Well. Five of the seven, because the deep's on his little uh, vacation uh, sabbatical, because he's not allowed to interact with everyone right now. Punishment. Uh, Translucent, of course, is dead, so there's five of them, and he's called her in uh, to have this meeting. And we don't necessarily know it's directed at Annie immediately. Um, in fact, we should probably roll back a little bit and explain why he's called this meeting, because we have a flashback, well, we have a few flashbacks, but we have one big flashback at the start of the episode, where we see... Uh, Billy with a shaved face with his wife Becca at this party she works at Vought she's doing the, the PR job that we just saw the other one get fired from yep. uh, so she, she that's her role and they meet Homelander and he, he thanks her for her, her social media input or output or she whatever. took over the Twitters and and then I felt weird because like wait Twitter's been around 8 years oh it definitely has it didn't. It doesn't feel like that long if I, I I think Twitter's been around long enough that I've been on it for eight years, plus it was around for like three or four years before I was on it. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> it just didn't feel like that long, and I went, whoa, okay, eight years? Christ. Yeah, Twitter, I feel like 2010-ish is when Twitter kind of became a thing. I'm, I'm, I'm really intrigued now. Go when on. When did Twitter start? That'll, that'll get me. Yeah, what's the result? Uh, officially founded March 2006. I don't think it was a big thing, though, for a few years. No. Uh, gained gained rapid worldwide popularity in 2012. So, okay, me thinking eight years... 2012. That, okay, that, okay I, I wasn't being unreasonable then. That was before it was big. By one year. Oh, yeah, but, like, okay, but that's me going, oh, it feels like a long time. That's in the ball, but that is close enough. For for, for fudgy TV, like... Oh, writing, sure, but you like, probably haven't had it eight years. Then. That's close enough. So, yeah, it's been seven years since it became big. But it did exist before then, though. It did, yeah, yeah. And to be fair, I don't think they actually said Twitter. I think they just said social media in this. So, I mean, they could have been... Oh, no, talk... they definitely said Twitter. Did they? Okay. Yeah. Well, may have still been talking about MySpace. I don't know. Um, <laughs> probably not. Do you know, we're actually at that point now where even... Like, I'm, I'm going, was MySpace still a thing? Well, it was still a thing. It became like a music thing only, basically, after a while. Yeah, but was it, was it a used thing by people eight years ago? That, that's pretty too late for MySpace, right? No, because I, th- I, I heard about this like, even, I think, after that, where it was like like bands use it to promote themselves, but that's basically all it was used for after a point kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Because um, people basically switched over to Facebook around 2008, 2009, and it never never looked back. No. Um so that, that poor MySpace reference in Iron Man 1 was out of date within months of it coming out, and now it just feels so dated <laughs> compared to every other, every other Marvel movie. To be fair, so does Tony Stark's phone at the start of that. That sideways 
flippy spin one. Okay, yeah, we're right in the brink of like everyone having a smartphone. Like, you know, not everyone had one yet. Yeah, yeah, but no, but that was what where it wasn't even like touchscreen. It was this, you know, it was the thing that popped up and rotated. Like, uh, you, you, that feels ancient. You say that I actually had like a a BlackBerry uh, until like I want to say like twenty fourteen, twenty fifteen. Well, you're behind the times on phones, clearly. <laughs> I just liked having the tactile button, so I ref- I refused to move on for a while. <laughs> oh, I get that. I liked it too, but. Uh... Not a Blackberry itself. I thought Blackberries were kind of horrible, but um, it wasn't pretty. I don't really care about how pretty the phone. No, was. I, I didn't like the OS that they used. I thought, uh, I thought their OS was ugly. Well, I never used a smartphone before. I had nothing to keep, like it was. It was better than every other <laughs> shitty old phone I'd used before then. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. Oh dear. Um. So no, oh, hey cat. Um. So we have this flashback, and it was bugging me because the the actress playing Becca. I was like, I know her face. And I, I had to go digging. Do you know who it is? For fuck's sake. It's what? Patty Spivet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. From The Flash. It's Patty Spivet. Because it, it, she has different hair. And I thought, oh, she looks kind of like a character from uh, Hunting a Hell House. But it's not her. It's not quite her. There was something really bugging me. I just, it was Patty Spivet from The Flash. That's who it is. Um, but the reason why this is relevant, of course, is... So Homelander's looking at the four images of the guys that he got from uh, Mesmer. And he's looking at them, and he sees Billy, and he sort of zones in on him, and he remembers that day at the race where he, Billy was staring at him, and then he has the, the quick little flash of that party, and he's like, I know who that is. Um, so it's having all these faces and these people um, that he that calls this meeting in, and but he doesn't he doesn't bring up the rest of them. He just says, "Here's Huey, young Hugh," um, and of course Starlight seems like, "Wait, what? What?" what why is he yeah. on the screen and he's like he killed translucent it's like what no he's not a killer and, 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 and he's managed to get rid of the deep wonder how he managed to do that with some help hmm yes um because they also they also because yeah, they bring up that she's the one who like got him into ezekiel and ezekiel was blackmailed and 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 so on and so on and 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 she's the one who made the, the statement she didn't even mention the deep's name but her making that public is what you know led to him being sent away yeah do, do you know what i like there's a little funny moment in this scene actually where he's like going you know because before he reveals what he's what they're there for he's going around the room going yep some people in this group have been slacking and some people have not been pulling their weight and then he just kind of pauses and goes you know what not not you black noir you've been doing a tip-top job but everyone else <laughs> i can't wait till we learn that black noir is truly terrible yeah, he's either truly terrible, he's going to turn out to be actually like a proper hero. <laughs> Just like a, a complete subversion. No, it, you're, you're right, it's one or the other. He's he's an yeah. actual hero, or he's worse than Homelander. Yeah. Um, also, I love the idea that the evil version of Superman actually approves of the Batman. Like He's like, yes, do a tip-top job, Batman, no, no complaints. Yeah, yeah. There's something funny, funny about that. Um, so, but now he reveals this, and you know, Starlight stands up to defend herself, and because she raises her hands... Homander, like the eyes go red, and he's like, "Sit down," and it's like he's going to he's going to burn you in half yeah. right now if you don't do what he says. Yeah, it's super intimidating, and you you generally feel I think in this scene where you're like, "Where is this going?" It feels like he just wants to kill her. It feels like this scene's ending with her death. I don't believe it's going to happen because she's like such a main character, but like it, it feels like that's where the natural route for this to take is. And I, it's obviously she's trying to explain herself, and she's explaining you know, why she's done each each and everything, and he's explaining things as well. 
And I love that as he gets more threatening, there is a really nice payoff here to Maeve's plot where Maeve stands up and says, you know, that's enough and kind of sticks up for her. And Homelander even cracks a joke about, oh, I don't remember the last time Maeve ever gave a shit about anyone. And, but it's, it's a nice payoff for her to actually care because, you know, their first meeting she didn't. Um, yeah. And not that she's right as rain now. I mean, she's still just drinking booze later on and she's almost setting Starlight on the same path of just getting drunk to deal with the problems. But... It just—it felt like such a great big moment. There's, it actually bizarrely reminded me of, uh, not—it's not as good as this moment, but there was a moment in the last episode of Chernobyl. You know that uh, that show about the reactor number four. Yeah, I'm familiar with it. You know, blowing up. Uh, pa- passing familiarity. Graphite everywhere. Diatlov was a prick. That show, fantastic. Watch that five-part miniseries. Really good. But um, that's her standing up and saying no, stop this. Um, reminded me of a moment in that, and. She, she kind of like vouches for her and says, look, she didn't know what she was doing. She was clearly being manipulated. You know, give her a break, right? She feels stupid. That is the good thing she's guilty of. She was an idiot. And obviously, this like is a double-edged sword for us as the audience because we want her and Huey to be in a happy place. But the way she's describing this makes Huey look really, really, <laughs> really bad. And we know he was kind of forced into doing all these things to an extent. To, to an extent, yeah. yeah. But I mean... He's not exactly squeaky clean. He's not. No, he's not. Uh, and, and that's why you wanted him to come clean himself, because him admitting this and saying, "Hey, these people are this." I mean, she thinks they're they're worse than she thought when she, you know, when she idolized them. But she doesn't know what Homelander did. She doesn't know what some, you know, not the plane, uh, not raping uh, Becca, not, none of this stuff. Like she knows none of yeah. it. So maybe if they explained like how bad this is, she, she might at least be more conflicted than just I'm taking you to the police, like kind of thing uh which is our attitude yeah, later she never really gets that chance no uh obviously the flip side of this is that huey keeps trying to call her because uh because they realize they've all been burned they're all like getting their family to safety uh should they have any because uh, not all of them do <laughs> um but he keeps trying to call her and she she's just not picking up she eventually calls him and they meet at the end of the episode and this is the final scene of the episode in fact where he does kind of fess up he doesn't obviously get a chance to tell a lot of details and she's like, oh, this is all about revenge, this is all about translucent, and he's like, no, 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 this is about Compound V, a phrase that she has never heard, and she's like, yeah. what's Compound V? He's like, it's what they pump into babies to make supers, uh, and she's like, no, I was born with my powers, and he's just like, I'm sorry. You know, he doesn't even say yeah. you weren't, he just says, I'm sorry. It's like, no. Yeah, which, because obviously we know she's actually quite religious, obviously, obviously she was conflicted at the the, uh, the expo itself, but she obviously has you know, some some strong beliefs. Yeah. Uh, so this probably is a big kick in the face for her. Yeah. Uh, as as is the high caliber gunshot to the chest, which I imagine is also a bit of a kick in the face, uh, if you will. Probably hurts. Yeah. Uh, because Billy shows up with a giant ass sniper rifle and uh, just hits her hard enough to put her down for a bit so that he can run away. It, and the fact is, is that from our perspective, he was in, in no real danger. Like it didn't seem like you know she wasn't going to use her powers on him right like that. I mean, hell, no. to contrast the story about the Ace Princess at the start, like, her eyes lit up during sex, but that was it. There was no... Do you know what? I'm not going to lie. There was a moment where her eyes lit up where I went, oh, they're not going down that route, sure. <laughs> where she burns off his dick with light rays. <laughs> I didn't know the specifics of, of what they were going to go, but just, I felt it was very intentional that, that they, they told us that story before we saw this. Oh, yeah, it was to make us nervous. It was to make us think something bad might happen here. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, so, 
you know, that's where we kind of have the cliffhangers that you know Huey just kind of because of what's happening has to run off with with Billy yeah, in the heat of the moment. He, he's like, I don't want to be arrested, and he knows that you know like Vault will come after him and all that. Like he knows that it's just a straight up murder because because Annie still believes that they'll let him go through the process and will want to make an example of him publicly and like let's go through a trial, let's do all this, um, but. Obviously, she doesn't know yet that they are just straight up killing people. Like, if they if they, if they think someone's yeah. a threat, they just murder them. What I actually think is interesting from from Billy's side of things here is they're kind of on the books now. After by this point in the episode, sure. So is this a sanctioned hit, or you know, is is he going to be reprimanded? <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think it's interesting though, because I mean, I suppose it'd be interesting if. I mean, it's, it's, it's moot now because he's gotten away. But let's say she did try to like turn him out of the authorities, and then like, no, no, he's sanctioned. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, with, with the feds, and be like, he's one of us. Yeah, uh, obviously there's some murkiness to that. We'll get to anyway, but yeah. So uh, let's go back. Though. There's another Huey scene we need to talk about. It's kind of a little bit separate from the Annie stuff. Uh, where A Train, because that's the other part of the big scene where uh, Annie's been threatened by Homelander. Is A Train doesn't recognize him. And then he's showing more photos of him, like with him shaking his hands. Like, the, the apology meeting, and he's like, "Oh, that guy." Yeah, yeah. I, I, I ran through. What's her name? Yeah. Yes. Yes. There you go. Yeah. Um. So he, uh, he, he basically has he has Simon Pegg as his dad uh, at his house, and phones him and says, "Hey, you better come alone, or I'm going to run through your dad." And so he does. To an extent, <laughs> we do get uh, obviously a chemical sneaking in. Uh, if I, I actually love that moment. See when you just see in the corner of the frame the, the, vent, the vent, yeah, yeah. opening. You're like, oh, backups here, backups here. I want to know how she managed to to hide from him. If she was in the vent the whole time, then I guess. I mean, sure, maybe, but I feel like, I mean, if if he was that fast, would he not have checked? Maybe it just never occurred to him that someone would behave. No, maybe not. Maybe he's that. Maybe he's just an idiot. Yeah. Yeah. To be fair, I mean, real life logic vents aren't big enough to hold people. No, that is true. But <laughs> if the vents are big enough to hold people in the show's logic, maybe check the vents. Well, I, well, here's the thing though. What if she's not like at the, the 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 door of the vent? What if she's like somewhere in the middle of the vents? He's not he's, like going to speed in the vent and go around it. Yeah. Yeah. She. She was being strategic. She was being strategic. Uh, but again, this was super intimidating. You felt like A-Train could just kill him at any point, and he wants to. And I, I think there was a, a difference in demeanor here from the start of the show, where, where Huey is kind of holding his own. You know, he he, he brings out the Compound V, kind of uses it as a bargaining chip. Yeah, and A-Train is coming across as a junkie. Yeah. Uh, and of course, they defeat him by her, you know, by chemical breaking his leg so he can't run, which, yeah, genius. If you catch him off guard. Ooh, that, that bone snapping out. Oh, yeah. Look good. Yep, 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 yep. Um, and there's one scene with him and his brother where they're talking about him being addicted to it and how it's kind of messing up his his organs, like they're growing to weird sizes and stuff. Like yeah, that. It's, his heart's growing too big and his bones are getting weaker. Yeah, and and he's a bit annoyed because you know without it, there's you know some random chump speedster in you know whatever city it was is faster than him. Yeah, some other fake city. They've got their own fake cities. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so no, um, that was that was good. I. Uh, Homeland. There's a couple other scenes with Stillwell, um, where he kind of shoots her down. Where she kind of says, "Hey, come over for sex tonight," and he's like, "You know what? Nah, nah. You go be a mom. You know." Yeah. And she's kind of losing control of him. Is kind of the gist of the scene. Like she's her, her spell's not working on him anymore. No, no. I don't think. 
I don't think she's got long left with him. I mean, Maeve, I guess, kind of has the spell on him a little bit because she, because when she talks him down, she does kind of like you know do it for me, like and kind of like yeah. banks on their history to kind of kind of sell it to him. Uh, and it, of course, of course, he's very pedantic about it. He's like, oh, don't say I don't ever do anything for you, you know, wink, uh, kind of thing. Mm. But uh, yeah, so he has that. But he, the interesting development though from this Becca stuff is that when he realizes who this is, that this is uh, Becca's husband that's after him. He goes to Stillwell, and, and the other main point of that scene is that he asks about Becca and says, "Hey, that marketing girl," and she's like, "Oh, I fired her." Uh, no, 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 not, not the, the recent one, like eight years ago or around eight years ago. And he's like, "Oh, Becca," and he starts asking these questions. And I think the interesting thing in this scene for for me was like, "Wait, he doesn't actually know what happened to her." Like, that, uh, I mean, obviously we see footage later that he's, he did probably he does seem like he raped her. That does that does seem to be something that happened, but her disappearance is something that he's unaware of. Uh, yeah, because obviously we knew it was either well, well, the 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 prevailing theory was either suicide or Homelander got her. You know, that was the theory yeah. that that Budge had been working under. And he's uh, he's asking questions. He's he generally wants to know. He wants to know why this guy's after him to this extent. And he, he clearly has no idea. And he goes to uh, an actor who's in Gotham and also The Wire. Well, I mean, The Wire is more pro- prominent, but I mean, I'm just mentioning Gotham because we watched some of that recently. Um, and he's like the head scientist that looked after him as a kid and all the rest of it. He's, he's the closest thing he's got to a father. And he asks about Becca. And it turns out we get this extended flashback where Becca was pregnant with his child, which had heat vision, which paints such a dark irony to that previous episode where Billy's using the baby with the heat vision to like defend himself. Yep. You know, real, real dark irony to that uh, now. Is is this the first one that's been born with powers? Very. Po- I mean, given how people, given that it ripped it apart, like the baby tore her apart, um, yeah, and then died instantly, like. So they claim. So, well, so they claim. True. Uh, it'd be what, like nine or eight, seven, eight, seven, seven, eight. Well, Depend. theoretically, yes, but we also know it was growing really fast. They did say that's that. That's true. That's true. So I'm not willing to, to you know, to just go on that logic. Yeah, it's, it's worth mentioning. You don't, I mean, not that I feel like showing a baby, a dead baby is a thing that shows do all that often, but you don't necessarily see that in and of itself. No, you just have him go, yeah, died. Uh, and we just have to take his word for it. Yeah. So. You, uh, also, their, their relationship, you, you're going to hate this. It felt really uh, Harry Potter. Um. Oh, in in the sense that he he keeps calling him uh, John, I think was his name, right? You know the you know his actual name that that they gave him, and and he's like, no, people don't call me that anymore. And it, it really felt like a Dumbledore with Voldemort, where he called you know he still calls him you know you know Tom, you know because you know, he knew him as a kid. He calls him his actual name, and he's the only one that does. Uh, and it, it's kind of that weird uh, pseudo father relationship. I I genuinely had no idea what name you were going to say there. I didn't know what his real name was. T- Tom Riddle. Tom Riddle, yeah, that's a goofy name. Look, it just it just is. <laughs> <laughs> it just I don't know what you want me to tell you. Anyway, the thing I want to say is that in this scene, uh, I, I think it's interesting that this guy clearly like understands how evil Homelander is and why raising him in a lab like he did was the worst possible thing. That he had no basis for morality, and oh, yeah, he's like, no, 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 I failed this. Yeah. Y- you're screwed up and you can just do anything you want now because I didn't do the right thing. Yeah, so I think that's interesting that even the person who was kind of 
like probably gun ho about like seeing what he was like and testing with him and stuff probably uh is regrets everything because he's created this monster this unstoppable monster uh it's really really interesting dynamic there um so i want to go back to billy who who goes after uh, mesmer because of what, turning him in and he planted a tracking device which is why he finds him so quick uh and uh, i think it's like a train station or whatever and he, he yeah hides. i feel like it was the same train station as, as we had before it, it looked like the same train station yeah and he runs into the bathroom to hide but billy finds him because again tracking device and what i loved about this is he starts beating them up right he starts punching them but every time he punches mesmer mesmer gets a flash of like his past so we get yeah. like this these little snippets of flashbacks as he gets, he's getting hit it's uh so it was a really neat little trick to uh, it was, it was clever. to reveal some of this stuff, and he, uh, you know, Mesmer's like, "Oh, I can help you find your wife. I can, you're looking for your wife. I can help you find her." And he just holds him so he can read him, and he just gets scared and says, "What about my daughter?" And then he bashes his head into the sink repeatedly. Yeah, I think that that actually his final bit felt so disingenuous. He's like, "Oh, I have a daughter. Like, you know, don't kill me. I've got a daughter. You know, she'll miss me, and we we know she won't." Yeah, we know she won't. Um. But, and he knows that as well. That's that's why it's so so desperate. I like the idea that he wants them to know that he's about to kill him. Yeah. And then he, he does it, and he does it in a very it's probably the, well, it's probably the most visceral death so far. I mean, I was going to call it the most brutal. That's maybe not entirely true, but no. I, I guess what I mean by that is that it's the most brutal in a realistic way. If that it makes had the sense. Most impact. No, no. But what I mean is, is that this is a real. You could, you could. People can die with having their heads bashed against. Yeah, the thing. yeah that's, that's why I said this one has the most impact. Yeah. No, no one can actually be run ran through by another person. No one can, um, be. <laughs> I mean, you can suffocate someone by sitting in their face, but you you won't squish their head like a pumpkin. I really hope not. They <laughs> they find a, a plus size uh, individual probably to do that. I think. But, but quite likely, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, put put an ad. Five hundred pound plus. Sure. For test for testing purposes. For science. <laughs> for science. For research. You understand. Um. So, yeah, and then the other big fascinating scene with Billy is this flashback to you know this woman comes to him and shows him footage of back again to Homelander's like office or wherever coming out three hours later all disheveled you know sort of putting on her shoe again and kind of being out of it and cl- clearly not an a- this, is, this was not a happy encounter she's like stumbling out of this place yeah uh, and and we revealed that this is this is mallory who we've heard about and obviously this is something we're going to learn about i imagine a lot in season two because it doesn't feel like we've got enough time now yeah, to I agree. Yeah. really do all the Mal- mallory stuff but this is the person who seems to start this this initial version of the boys um, i did not realize maybe it Maybe it was mentioned earlier, but I don't think I ever really clocked she was CIA as well. Like, you know, they, they were mm. on the books beforehand. Or at least maybe they weren't officially on the books, but you know, they they weren't just a, a renegade team doing their thing. They were, you know, had resources. Yeah, and then obviously he's got the band back together, or a newish band together, you know. <laughs> yeah. Replaced a couple of members kind of thing. And yeah, so yeah, this stuff is exciting. I, I think building more lore into how this, that how it originally happened, and who, who you know who Mallory is, what happened to her grandkids, all that kind of stuff. I, I, I am actually oddly intrigued by that. Uh, mm. You know, when she said her name, it was like, oh, this is Mallory. Okay, they've actually they've set her up enough that her saying her name felt like a big deal. I was like, oh, yeah, and they've only mentioned her like two or three times, but it's been enough. But it was early though. It was like episode two where they first mentioned her. 
And was it that early? It was that early, yeah. Because uh, okay. the first time was in the uh, in the, the van, I believe. Um, episode two, they were talking about. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was when they're all arguing in the van. Yeah, fair enough. Um, so no, that was uh, that was, that was good. Uh, so we do have to about the deep who. Uh, has a couple of interesting scenes for different reasons. He arrives at his his apartment that he's been given in this small town, and this town's happy to have a superhero, but there's no crime here, and he's going to have nothing to do, and he's told to basically sit. He gets a $75 a day allowance to go and buy food. Yeah. That seems like a lot per day, to be honest, but sure. (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, he was probably quite rich up in his big tower in the big city. True. But I mean, for I mean, it doesn't cost seventy five dollars a day to eat. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't. But maybe he has expensive tastes. Sure. Oh. Well, he certainly has a lot of Doritos and uh, Twinkies and all sorts when he gets to smart. Before we get to that scene, though, he uh, he he brings a girl back to his place, and she's all into him. She's like, "Oh, is, is it? Do you look different? Is it weird? Take off your your top and stuff." And we actually discover that he's got gills on his stomach, which stands to reason. And she starts fingering them, which he doesn't like. And there's a really, there's a really dark kind of like irony we're playing with this scene, where he's essentially be, being sexually assaulted by this woman because he says no, don't do that, it hurts. And then she kind of forces it upon him, and yeah. doesn't stop. And I think it's a really interesting scene from an audience reception kind of way because it's a really hard one to know how you're supposed to take exactly, because there's a mix of emotions here, like. Like, this is never right, but he's an awful person, but it's also got this weird tinge of humour to it. There's, there's, like, a lot of mix of things it, going on. No, you're on. right, because it's this kind of perverted justice. You know, it's karma. It's, oh, this is what he did coming back to bite him. Yeah, but, I mean... Uh, but, obviously, but it's not that, satisfying to watch, because it's still uncomfortable, and he's clearly uncomfortable. And it's even also, when he's an awful person, it's still uncomfortable. And it's also clearly not something that should be an eye for an eye. That's not the way this works. It shouldn't no, be the way it works. No, exactly. Um... Uh, just, but it is kind of funny. But yeah, it's, it's so absurd that it's kind of funny because it's his gills. Because there's this woman there fingering herself and fingering his gills. Yes. And I, I think it is very intentional that he and his assault is also being penetrated. Like it's not, yeah. you know, some, you know, something else. So, um, But then he has a really funny scene at the supermarket where he starts talking to this lobster who's in the tank at the, uh, you know, the the fresh, you know, fish and deli section. And, the fishmongers. The fishmongers, sure. And he's talking to the lobster, and he's you know he's he's just like oh yeah me too yeah I ended up here and he's like you know what I'll save you right and he gets the gets the guy who's working at the counter he's like hey I'll have that lobster and because yeah, he, he goes to get another one first he's yeah. like no, no no this one this guy's my buddy yeah and he's like, I'm going to save you I'm going to save you and he's like he's like I'm trying to save the dolphin again and then he's he's not looking for a second and the guy who's getting the lobster takes out a knife and he goes no 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 and he just stabs the lobster right in the head and the brains spurt out and it just cuts to the deep space just sort of making a and then it cuts away immediately like I just this running gag of every time the deep tries to save some sort of sea life creature and it making it worse for them. My favorite part of this is just how quickly it cuts away from him. It doesn't let you linger on it at all. It just, it just, he has this face of like not again, and then it cuts yeah. away immediately. I think this one isn't as as bad on his part as the dolphin because someone else would have bought the lobster. Right? Oh sure, that this is more just like a, a cruel joke to him. It's just like... yeah, no, exactly because like the lobster. Sure, he could have saved it if if he'd been quicker, but it was gonna. It, someone would have bought it. It would have got stabbed at some point. Whereas the dolphin. Sure, it was in captivity, but it would have been alive. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. If if he hadn't kidnapped it. Sure, sure. But it was funny. So yeah. it was. It was very funny. I'll take it. Um. So good. Uh. Not not much with Frenchie and stuff this episode. Um. You know there was him and uh, Kimiko hitting it off. Yeah, a lot about cooking going on. Together. Yeah. Um. I suppose the other thing we need to mention from a character point of view is uh, Muller's milk also has to get his family, and his missus is not happy that he's involved with Billy. And when they make the deal with the FBI, because this, this is actually the big plot point that we need to talk about, uh, so CIA, uh, where he's like, because like, he kind of calls it, MM kind of calls it, he's like, you know, I'm going to guess that Rainer was interested in, in all this stuff, but didn't want to give you specifically Homelander and you're holding out because of that. And I understand why, but you're literally playing with my family's life and everyone else's family's life. It's, this is not just about you right now. And he kind of appeals to his humanity. And you can kind of see it in Billy's face that he's, he's he is kind of reconsidering based on this. He's like, you know, he, he's right. So sure enough, like they all freak out at one point because all these cars show up, but it turns out to be the CIA. They, they all and grab the guns and you know get yeah. ready. And um, Butch is just like, ah, calm down, it's fine. Just strolls out. Yeah. So he's made this deal, even though they won't give him Homelander, and it, it, it's kind of a because because he he's been a little unlikable to an extent this this episode and last episode because of how much he's like really going at Huey about Annie you know yeah. just just from an audience perspective and I think this is a really nice little moment to just like no he does have a heart like he has this human yeah. quality in there and and then about three scenes later he goes and shoots Annie it does it does but it, you know we don't I don't think again this it is enough and roundabouts yeah but this is enough to like not make it just a clear cut oh he's been a complete dick again um so no i think that's a really neat, neat thing and obviously mm is basically told by his wife you know i never want to see you again like that's it we're done yeah. um so he, he's kind of given up his family because he's involved with this again um so so but the big thing comes from this though and i do love the scene where stillwell's at the cia and she's like i'm not following this and reina's just like your company's effed you're so effed and she she's saying, oh, there's a bill being passed and everything's fine. And then she pulls out the vial of Compound V and her face just drops. Now, she is a little bit cocky still because she knows there's something that might happen soon that will necessitate the help of superheroes um, in the world. Yeah. And sure enough, that does happen. They they go out and, you know, Raina's showing this footage, this terrorist that was behind the plane attack. Uh, U.S. forces have killed him, and she's like, "Well, great! That that was that was a planned mission. That was, that was the plan. Yeah, yeah. What's the problem? What's the problem? Well, here it is. And we watch this footage, and the guy has superpowers. He explodes. He literally lights up. He's uh, a bit of nuclear man. Yeah, and he explodes the building, and then walks out of the building completely fine. Um, and you know the big dramatic moment it ends on is her saying, "Are you telling me the terrorists have a super on their team?" Kind of thing. So. Yeah. Uh, so big thing, and it's like okay, so they've got all these reasons to put Vought away. Kimiko was not the only, yeah, one they were trying it with, which makes sense. It actually, makes sense that she's not the only one. Why? Why would they only have one plan? They're big enough to have plenty of redundancies. Exactly. So, no big deal. Um, I, I really, really, I'm I'm really curious about this going now in the last episode. I know I know the season ends with a cliffhanger because I've heard people say that, and that makes sense to me. That's I'm, fine. I'm curious, just because I think the 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 threat in this this episode really jumped up a couple of years. You know that scene with Homelander and, and the meeting was really intimidating. The fact that everyone knows who these four guys are now, um, along along with Kimiko, is 
kind of a big deal and it feels like yeah the hunt is on and they're kind of screwed i mean they might have cia protection now and like no, no if you go after them like you're but that probably doesn't help them against homeland no if homeland decides to to not abide by that like yeah it doesn't help them at all it means um, jack shit yeah yeah so yeah R- really really interesting I'm, I'm intrigued to see where this is going now in the last episode yeah i agree i think uh it was maybe one of my least favorite episodes out of the last bunch but that is pretty common a feeling that i have with the you know the, the penultimate episodes of, of seasons really yeah like it was good it was solid everything kind of went forward but it didn't have it it didn't have any of the big moments or anything like that you know that, that i feel like a lot of the the episodes have had recently um, I, i'll be honest, i think this had more than some of them but i mean fair enough i mean i mean taste and all that but uh for me, it was it was a good episode. Like I still enjoyed it. Don't get me wrong, but I was, I was I enjoyed it less than the last two or three. Okay, but, uh, still excited for the last one because yeah. I'm expecting big shenanigans. No, I think this is one of my favorites actually. So um, I'm pumped at the last one. But uh, yeah, uh, there you go. That's episode seven of the boys. So we will be back with episode eight as soon as we can. Uh, thank you very much for watching or listening. You can like and subscribe and all that jazz and get us on the Twitters at mailed underscore fuzz for channel updates. If you want to support the show and the channel and everything we do here, head over to patreon.com slash mailfuzztv where you can support us for as little as $1 per month and keep all the shows and all the reviews and everything coming. Um, but otherwise, uh, that is us. So thank you once again for watching and listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching TV, guys. Have you got any vanilla?